Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. All right, friends, today I've got a short episode for you around conflict and how to strengthen your leadership muscles to support your teammates to engage in healthy conflict. Does that sound like something that might be helpful to you? I think it would be helpful for a lot of leaders. So in this episode, my teammate, Lori Cohen, and I are discussing what makes engaging in conflict challenging for many people, how you can get better at engaging in healthy conflict, and we are giving you a sentence stem that you can try on today. You can start using because my commitment to you is to provide you with useful, immediately actionable resources and tools. So before we jump in, I just want to thank all of our friends of the podcast. And today, Stephanie M. from Texas, your support makes this show possible. If you are a listener and you are curious about becoming a friend of the podcast, you'll find a link in the show notes for more information about that. All right, let's jump into it. All right, friends. So today, Lori Cohen, my teammate, is here with me to talk about conflict in teams. And so if you struggle with navigating conflict If you are a team leader and you are trying to figure out how you can incite perhaps a little bit more healthy conflict into your teams, then this episode is going to be really helpful to you. Before we dive in, I do want to quickly thank friend of the podcast, Stephanie M. from Texas. Stephanie, your support makes this show possible. For all the rest of you to learn more about becoming a friend of the podcast, check out the link in the show notes for this episode. All right, let's jump in. Lori, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So Lori, when you think about conflict in teams, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Tension, like spoken or unspoken. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is like, ah, it's not... A- you know what? That wasn't mind. That was like, actually my first response was like sort of a clenching of my, all of my internal organs all at once, even the ones I rarely notice. Mm. Navigating conflict is not easy for most human beings, if not all human beings. And I think I want to just first acknowledge that, normalize that and say, just share a couple of thoughts about why it's not easy. Let's just put it out there. What comes to your mind in terms of why it's not easy? Because it's messy and because it's so linked to our most basic human needs. There's so much that's happening with our brains and our bodies that's so endemic to what it means to be human. And it pulls us out of that typical intellectual place that we tend to be on in our team dynamics and puts us into this primal version of ourselves oftentimes. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that conflict immediately surfaces fear for people. And we don't have very deep or healthy relationships with our fear. And so then we get hijacked by the fear and we can't actually address the conflict. 
we can't see what's going on. So let's get really specific to schools and teams and leaders. If you were coaching a leader, or perhaps this has happened, what advice would you give to that leader about how to incorporate some healthy conflict, how to do that, why to do that? First thing that comes to mind is proactive planning to front load the potential for healthy conflict rather than waiting for something to happen and then having the conflict and then having to backfill with, okay, let's reflect on that and then see what we can do better next time. What a leader might consider is an opportunity for connection and team building around one's relationship with conflict, understanding who people are on the team and how they relate to conflict what their histories have been with conflict and make some space and meeting time for connection around relationship to conflict first. And then use that as a segue into identifying how a team wants to engage in conflict, what a team needs to be attuned to, how they might want to be sensitive to the range of approaches to conflict. And I've coached leaders on co-creating with their teammates, a criteria for navigating conflict as a team. And Mm -hmm. It doesn't solve for every conflict that happens, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the magic thing that eradicates challenging moments, but front-loading proactive criteria, connecting with teams, and identifying like what might a process for this team to navigate conflict look like in practice. And then finally, practice. Let's try some scenarios out and just see how we respond to them so that when we're actually in conflict, we've got a little bit of muscle memory to prepare us. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just had a thought. <laughs> I know we're recording on video, but I'm actually going to share this thought that I had based on like what you were sharing. I'm probably going to turn a little bit red. Um, uh, so I started thinking about like makeup sex and mm-hmm. how makeup sex is so good. And everybody's like, yeah, it's a- Right. Because I think part of the reason is because you have experienced some conflict and then you get through it. Let's just say maybe you have some real honest conversations and you actually see something in your partner. You understand them. You recognize you understand something about yourself. You're empathetic. They're empathetic. You're listening to each other. And then you get through it. And part of the reason I think the sex is so good is because you're like, we got through it. It didn't destroy us. Now I'm going to leap back to schools. I just made this connection. I was like, oh my God, that's why it's so good. I used to create these scenarios for teams at schools to use to explore a really low stakes conflict experience. One of my favorite ones was to have two people come up with what snacks to bring to back to school night. And I gave each person a nudge towards one direction or another. And then they had to really want to stick with their idea that they were given about what they needed to advocate for. And they had to work through it. There was very quickly laughter in the room and then people realizing, oh, they were actually getting really passionate about celery sticks and peanut butter. What are those things called? They call them something on a log. Um, Ants on a log. Ants on a log, right? That was like one of the things. But then someone else was like, but we have kids in our school who are allergic to peanuts. And so it was really interesting. Some of the reflections when they came out of it included this awareness that even though it was fictitious and people were laughing, they actually started feeling really attached to their thing they were advocating for. And then also recognizing that they didn't want their partner to think poorly of them and that they wanted to connect. And I felt like people needed 
to have the experience of having conflict and getting through it and seeing that it could be okay. Because like you said, it's messy. I think part of the reason why it's messy is because we just don't experience it all that much. And so we don't build up the stamina or the faith really that we can get through it. Yeah. The way that I think about it is, you know, sort of of all these muscles of leadership or team dynamics or of collaboration or what have you, it's like some of the flimsiest of our muscles are the ones we don't realize we need to work out. So when we are working those muscles out, it's really stretching us and it's hurting because we don't know how to skillfully use that muscle that we have. Yeah. It also doesn't help us appreciate or recognize what is healthy conflict. I think we should define healthy conflict for people who are listening. How do you define healthy conflict? I define healthy conflict where there are high levels of trust, where people are able to share their disagreements. People are unafraid to speak up and share their truth. When ideas can be shared, when disagreements can happen, when people know that they might not get what they want at the end of it all, and it's going to be okay. That's predicated on trust and quality of relationship. Makes me think also about the role that mission and purpose plays to help people move past their individual preference or desire or attachment, and even to see that much bigger container in which they're having conflict. So in the Art of Coaching Teams Masterclass, are you doing something around healthy conflict? We are. We're navigating that very thing that we started talking about with practice. What are the criteria for healthy conflict? You know, sort of what makes conflict healthy, but two, just like, okay, well, let's test these out and let's practice together with a scenario. And as you shared, like a low stakes scenario to give people just a chance to get into it and to engage with one another because we're so reactive when we think about conflict in our schools. And so in this workshop, it gives folks an opportunity to be proactive um, in taking some of those practices and then transferring what most applies to their context. Yeah. This is something we just we need. We deserve so much space for opportunities for practice and to practice slowly and debrief and hear other people's experiences. Uh, when I think about the other scaffolds that can be helpful in order to build your muscles, your flexibility, your trust that you can move through conflict. I also think about the sentence stems for healthy conflict, which is in the Art of Coaching Teams and which we use in our Art of Coaching Teams workshops. So tell me, what do you think are the possibilities with that tool and what are the limitations I think the possibilities with the tool are it gives you the scaffold for like, what is it I might say where I could be listened to in that moment? There's so many stems, particularly around like, I disagree with you. Can I offer another perspective or can you elaborate on your thinking? Like the possibilities of the tool, particularly for our practice, just give you so many ways in to let's try this out. Let's see how people experience it. And then maybe let's try a different stem the next time. Similar to coaching practice, you have so many different sentence stems that help unlock meaning or help you know your client move forward. These stems do the same thing. They're a good scaffold. When I do this work with teams, everyone's like, oh my gosh, the conflict stems. Like I want that handout. I want that listed. And I don't know if this is a limitation as much as a recognition. You know, It can feel clunky, To use a sentence stem initially can feel inauthentic to the person. 
But I think it sounds artificial because people don't practice enough with it. And so it might feel clunky or artificial because people aren't making the language their own. So pick three stems, put them in your own words, think about things you might actually say so that it feels more like your own. I think people minimize the deservingness of scaffolds. Like we deserve scaffolds and it's okay. It doesn't mean it's permanent, but scaffolds are really good. There was a period of time where I was wearing a shoe or foot arch thing that was trying to help my foot function. And it was a little bit uncomfortable, but it was okay. And then after a while, I didn't have to wear it anymore. Part of using any tool is accepting that it's okay to use it. I think the limitation is you can take any sentence stem and you can say it with five or 10 different intentions and tones of voice. And the recipient or other people can hear that even in the same exact words. And so in transformational coaching, we put a great deal of emphasis on beginning with yourself, reflecting on yourself, understanding who you are, what is motivating you, how you are showing up, and then ending with yourself as well. And so a sentence stem is not going to save you. It's not going to transform your school. It's who you are. And the sentence stems are tools and they're scaffolds. Okay. Before we close up, I'm wondering if you want to offer our listeners a try this at home challenge. And if there's a particular sentence stem, which they could use in conversation this week, and that could be at home or it could be at work. Is there one that you feel like you'd like to offer our listeners? Yes. So this one is kind of open-ended, but I think it also is vulnerable enough. So there's one stem that's, I have a request to make. Are you open to hearing it? And I think that it will, one, sort of force someone to follow through on this thing that they're thinking, because oftentimes we don't communicate our needs. And just try that on for the next week or try that on for a few days. Like, I have a request to make. Like, you're thinking something or you have a need. I have a request to make. Would you be open to hearing it? Because it's the same stem that you might use when you're about to give feedback to somebody. It's the same stem that you might use if you're expressing a need or you're engaging in conflict. And so it also builds our healthy communication by being really transparent rather than just like directly saying, don't do that. Just say like, I have a request. Would you be willing to hear it? It's a way to just kind of practice and build that muscle of communication too. Mm, It's a great one. It's so easy. It's so short. You can use it anywhere. First of all, I want to acknowledge that the, are you willing to hear it? It's not often that someone will say no. It kind of provides a little breathing room for people to process like, oh, you're going to make a request. I wonder about also saying, you know, are you willing to hear it right now? Or might there be another time? That's something I would think about considering as a modification but trying it out and see what works, what happens. I think you also have to make sure that you are okay with not getting your request made. That's another muscle to build up. I have a request to make. It's a good one. All right. So Lori, thank you for doing this. And folks, thanks for listening. I do want to let you know that if you want to learn more about leading thriving teams, consider joining our upcoming Art of Coaching Teams Masterclass. It's happening in early December and you'll find links to the show notes and everything else we mentioned, including those sentence stems in the show notes. If you are 
interested in learning more about leading thriving teams, I hope you will check out our upcoming Art of Coaching Teams Masterclass. You'll find a link to more information in the show notes, as well as links to everything else we've mentioned in the show. Folks, I also want to remind you about our all-inclusive membership options. If you take workshops with us regularly, if you're interested in the Art of Coaching Teams Masterclass and you can't take it this year and you may want to take it next year, check out our memberships. You get a lot in them. I promise you, take a whole bunch of workshops with us. We'll help you figure out how to feel a whole lot better around conflict. All right, everyone. The Bright Morning Podcast is produced by Leslie Bitford and Stacey Goodman does the sound engineering and I hope you are all well. Take care.